Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you guys have a Bible, go ahead and get that out and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We are starting a brand new uh, sermon series today on the book of Ephesians. And I'm so excited to get to do this uh, together with you. So if you don't have a Bible, maybe this is your first time to church ever or your first time to church in a while, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And uh, feel free to use a phone or a tablet or uh, whatever else that you may have uh, to look up God's Word. If you don't have, if you're like Bible on my phone. There are apps for that. You can uh, download a Bible app. I use one called YouVersion, Y-O-U Version, and you can download that and uh, and kind of follow along in Scripture today. I want to let you guys know also uh, on your chairs today, on your seats, were these things we call response cards, and uh, hopefully you guys saw them. Maybe you passed them down the rows, and uh, you're, this is a good time for you to ask for those back and, uh, and get those out. Um, and you'll notice a blue tear-off card. We're going to ask everybody that's here today um, to fill that card out and drop it off. Um, you can drop it off in that box at our giving station on your way out today. Um, we do that every week. Uh, and so it's just a way, uh, one, for us to build relationship with you, but also uh, to pray with you and know how we can pray for you. And so just fill out a prayer request. We have a team that meets uh, every Thursday and prays over these prayer requests. We would love the opportunity to do that. You'll also notice a page where you can take notes today. And I want to encourage you guys to uh, take notes as we uh, do that together. So. Um, hey, uh, as you guys open up uh, God's Word today, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 1, all right? And uh, that just felt like a good place for us to start today. Um, as we do that, I want to uh, just kind of let you guys know a little bit about what we're doing from here um, as, we, as we go. So we're going to open up God's Word. We're going to start our sermon series on the book of Ephesians today. Then we're going to respond to God's Word, and then we're going to go outside for baptisms. Uh, and then when we're done, we're going to have our after party, where we want to invite all of you guys to stick around. We've got lunch for you, and uh, we would love to do that. And so uh, one of the things that we wanted to do was just kind of continue to cast the vision that one of the pillars of this church that we are asking God to do is to build um, a multi-ethnic church, a church that is represented from people no matter what uh, language you speak, no matter what nation you're from, no matter how you grew up, no matter your culture, uh, we believe that, man, we are all even at the foot of the cross, and, uh, and so we want to uh, invite the nations here in this church. And so, uh, so our lunch, you may notice, we tried to pull off what I would deem as a safe ethnically unifying lunch today, all right? Um, and so I, I, I use all of those words, and I'll let you be the judge as to whether or not we pulled that off. But uh, we did that because we want to show you that a lot of times we Americanize everything, but we want to show you that our church is not just one culture, that we have many different cultures represented in our church, and that's, okay. that's great. That's an amazing thing. And we want to continue to grow in that area as a church. But the reason that many different cultures can all gather together in one church, even if you aren't real sure of 
of the language being spoken. The reason we can do that is because Jesus is Lord of all. And so we, we actually, like we don't abandon our culture, we just put our culture under Jesus and let Jesus reign supreme. And so, so we're going to do that, and I, I hope that uh, lunch today reminds you of um, the, the many nations that are represented among us. And notice I said safe and so uh, th- there will be fried chicken, so don't worry. Um, but uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy that today. Um, hey, Ephesians uh, chapter 1, let me, before we uh, read, let me just share with you guys why we are studying the book of Ephesians. Now, here's our goal. Our goal is to go verse by verse through the book of Ephesians. This is such an amazing book um, that really going verse by verse could take a year, two years. And we're going to try to pull it off in about two months. So I realize that like it may seem a little quick, but our goal is that if you come every week and you are able to walk through Ephesians with us, that by the end of this series, you will have studied every single verse in the book of Ephesians. And if you take notes along with us, you will have notes on the entire book of Ephesians that you can go back on and study in your personal time and you can use as a discipleship tool as you meet with other people to make disciples. And so so, man, I am super, super duper excited that we get a chance to do that. Um, so you go through the book of Ephesians and it seems like eh, no big deal at first glance, right? Like um, it would honestly, if you just read starting in chapter one, verse one and read all the way to the end, it'd take you about 20 minutes. Like it's not that big of a book, but it is jam packed with hope. And, um, and so we're studying it first and foremost to deepen our love for Jesus. Like, I believe that as we study this book, it is going to to stir up and deepen your love for Jesus. Whether you are here today and you're like, I'm not sure I believe in Jesus. I'm not sure, like, I want to believe in Jesus. Like, stick with us and just give it a shot and study the Bible and see, like, man, is Jesus who he says he is. And, and for those of you who do believe in Jesus, like I believe that this, is, this study, this series is going to stir up our affections and our love for Jesus and for the gospel. Um, I also believe that this book, as we study Ephesians, is going to help us understand why did we start a church. And man, I can't tell you when we first started Impact Church, how many times people asked me that question. Like, uh, hey, why did you move to Fredericksburg? Well, we're starting a new church. Starting a new church in Fredericksburg? Yeah. My favorite was like someone who, who had a coffee shop in Fredericksburg. And I just went up to them and I was like, hey, um, uh, what do you think like, uh, you know, about Fredericksburg? Tell me a little bit about the area. And they said, well, are you moving here? And I was like, yeah. They said, why are you moving here? I said, well, we're going to start a new church. And they said, oh, my goodness. In Fredericksburg? Don't we have enough churches in Fredericksburg? And I was like, no, actually, we don't. We, we don't have enough churches. And my heart, well, just to confess, my, what I wanted to say is, don't we have enough coffee shops in Fredericksburg? But I didn't say that. I was just like, I was like, yeah, no, we need more churches in Fredericksburg. And I think studying Ephesians is going to help us understand the need for new churches, why we started this one and why we should start even more. Um, I think you're going to see how relevant this is. Like if you struggle with, man, how is the Bible relevant to my everyday life? I think walking through this study in the book of Ephesians, is going to help you understand how the Bible, something that was written 2,000 years ago, is still so relevant to our lives today and 
2023. Um, and I, my hope and prayer is that you are going to receive grace-filled encouragement through this letter, that no matter what you're going through, whether you are at a, on top of a mountain, like, whoa, I'm ready to conquer the world, or you are down in the valley, suffering and struggling. Like, I believe this book in Ephesians has got something for you, and is going to give you some grace-filled encouragement. So that's why we as a church are going to spend a couple of months in the book of Ephesians. So um, as we get started, I think like it's really important when you read the Bible uh, to focus on three main things. Like there are three main components as we study God's Word that are really important. So you can use this like as you're reading your Bible throughout the week. And so I want you to write these down so you don't forget them. But there's three things when you're studying God's Word that will really help make it come alive for you. And the first thing is context. You want to really understand like what the context of the passage is saying so you can understand like what the message of God is. Um, so number one, context. Number two is context. You want to make sure that you can fathom and understand like the history in which it's written and why it was written and who it was written to. And the third thing, and make sure you write this down, is context. You want to make sure you understand the context of what we're talking about, all right? So context, context, context. Um, I want to make sure that we understand that when you're reading the Bible, context matters, like why it was written and what's happening. So let me tell you a little bit about Ephesus. Um, that's the city in which uh, this letter was written. And Ephesians is not just a book of the Bible. It was a letter that, that was written by the Apostle Paul, which we'll get into in a second. And it was meant to be distributed among different churches. Now, when you think church, you got to think 30 people in a house. Okay, much like how this church started two years ago. Um, it was, well, it was like 15 people in a house. And so like, that, that's what it was. And so they would take the letter and they would read it all at one time. They didn't do like what we're going to do because they didn't limit their services to like a certain amount of time. So they'd all get together. They'd read the whole thing and they'd talk about it and be like, well, what are we supposed to do? Well, it said to do this and this. So who's going to do this this week? And, who's, and that's how it was. Then they would take the letter and take it to someone else's house and say, hey, read this to the church in your house. And that's kind of how it got distributed. Um, and so I want you to see like what life was like for the people in Ephesus at that time. And I want you to fathom and think, does it remind you of any other cities that maybe you've lived in before? Okay, so here's a few things you should know about Ephesus. Number one, it was a big city. It was a big city, probably the fourth or fifth largest city in the world at the time. Um, so I, I'm, we're not sure exactly the numbers, but, um, but it, it, was a, it was a major big city. Um, it was also a port city. And this is important because a port city meant that like people were able to come. Uh, back then, they didn't have planes, right? So they weren't like flying in from different countries. The way they got to places was either like walking or taking a boat. And boats really revolutionized things because you could show up in these port cities and go to places you've never been before, right? Everywhere was the new world back then. And so Ephesus was a port city, which means people were coming in from all over the world. And guys, they had never met each other before. They're like, you're from what country? That exists? Where is that at? Like, that was what was going on in Ephesus. So very big, very diverse, um, full of the nations. It was like crushed by materialism like these people loved their commerce and by commerce I mean 
like swiping that card, doing that Apple Pay. Like they loved that. Like they just spent money on all sorts of things, like amazing things. We even read a story in the Bible of how um, they, the business owners got mad at the Apostle Paul because he was preaching Jesus. But the business owners were people who were making little statues of all the false gods. And they were scared that if everybody worshiped Jesus, nobody would buy their little statues anymore of all the false gods. And and, uh, and I just want, I hope that they rested in peace because I was just in Athens and Corinth and they are still selling little statues of false gods and people are paying very good money for them. So there was nothing to fear there. But that, that was like how materialistic they were, that they like hated Jesus just because they feared Jesus was going to take money away from them and sales away from them. Um, it was known for its sexual idols. Um, <clears throat> So there was actually um, a temple there, uh, the goddess Diana, and her temple was there. Uh, it was like one of the ancient seven wonders of the world, and, um, and man, it was like it, it, the things that happened there like were like sometimes we think, oh, we live in a very like sexual culture, but man, the things that were happening in Ephesus would make America blush. Like it, it was really dark, really intense um, uh, stuff that was happening. They also also did emperor worship. So they worshiped their emperor. And we think like, okay, we put George Washington on a quarter. He's the one on the quarter, right? I haven't seen a coin in so long. It's a, a quarter. And, uh, and so like they, you know, we put George Washington on there, but nobody like, nobody brought their quarters to church and is going to ask me to bless them for you. And we're not going to like sing a song to George Washington today and like do all of this. But guys, that's what they did back in Ephesus. Like they put the emperor on the money because they worshiped the emperor. So when they got together and they finished worshiping all of their other gods, they worshiped their politicians. And that's just like what they did. That is how like spiritually driven they were. It was just like, man, I'll worship anything. I'll give anything a shot, right? And that, that's what was happening. Um, and then we also see uh, during this time that there were a lot of hard hearts towards the gospel. Like there were just a lot of people who didn't want to hear the gospel. Like maybe they were people who, you know, were religious and they've given that up or they didn't want to hear about Jesus or they were already set with their religion and what they were comfortable with. And there's just all this stuff. And so there were just a lot of hard hearts when it came to the gospel. They wanted nothing to do with Jesus. And let me give you a spoiler. The reason they wanted nothing to do with Jesus is because Jesus actually changed the way they lived. Like the, the issue with Jesus that made Jesus unlike any other God they had was that Jesus actually changed lives. Like every other God, they did nothing. It affected, it did not affect their Mondays. It did not affect their Tuesdays. They just went, got a little spiritual endorphin and left. Like that was it. But they were scared of Jesus because when they saw people who followed Jesus, they saw that Jesus actually changed their lives. And then the last thing we see about Ephesus is that there was a church birthed there. Can you believe that? Look at all of these things. Big city, port city, people from all over the world, like people addicted to materialism, known for sexual idols, worshiping their emperor. You got the center, the headquarters of the goddess Diana's temple making America's sexual revolution blush. You got hearts that are hard towards the gospel. And throughout all of that, a church was birthed. Isn't that amazing? 
The church wasn't born once everybody, once the government started worshiping Jesus. The church wasn't birthed once like they got rid of all the idols. Guys, the church was birthed in the middle of all of that happening. Does this sound like any cities that you may know of? Maybe a lot of cities in America, but I think of Washington, D.C. I think of a city that is big, diverse. Did you know that I think of current count, it's always changing because of wars and stuff, but I think as of current count, there were 196 countries in the world. And the latest census showed that there are 194 countries represented in the Washington, D.C. metro area. I'm sure the other two countries are here. We just couldn't find them. But like, I'm, I'm sure of it. Like, I, I want you to see like, there's so many things. And here's what we can do as the church. We can run away and go get in our holy huddles and say, man, the world is on fire. The world is on fire. Let's just create a nice little Christian experience for our people and for our family and get out of the world. Or we can see the church of Jesus Christ grow and flourish and change hearts and change lives in the middle of all the chaos. And that's what happened in Ephesus. And that's where this letter comes from. And I want you to see that the gospel of Jesus is not hindered by any of this stuff. The, the gospel of Jesus is not looking to the culture, taking its cues. The gospel is greater than the culture. And so I want to read to you guys, um, and you don't have to turn there, and you guys are thought, I thought we were doing the Ephesus, or Ephesians, we are. And uh, we'll be done in the next two to three hours. Acts chapter, I want to, it is a joke. Acts chapter 19, verses 9 through 10. I'm going to put it on the screen, but I want to read it to you. And the reason I want to read Acts is because Acts tells us how this church was started in Ephesus. So I want you guys to understand the context for what we're going to be reading over the next couple of months. Acts chapter 19, verses 9 and 10 says, But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief. Anybody know any stubborn people? Yeah, quit pointing at people. Quit. Some of y'all pointing at people. All right? When, when some people became stubborn and continued in unbelief, they were speaking evil of the way. Now, you got to understand, before people were called Christians, they were called followers of the way, which was Jesus. Before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him. This is Paul talking about a guy named Paul. He withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Here's what's really cool about this is the church at Ephesus started in the hall of Tyrannus. That's where it started. Like the hall of Tyrannus, I don't want you to think it was like some ancient Colosseum that was really cool. No, the hall of Tyrannus was probably half the size of this room. And it was much like this. It was a community center. It was just a, it was just a random room that they had built that people in the community could hang out in. About half of this size. And Paul would show up there every day and just preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus. And he did that for two years. Isn't that significant? Because we're celebrating two years. 
So before a church was ever born, before they were meeting on Sundays and having community groups and starting you know, ministries and ESL ministries, before they were doing any of that, Paul just showed up in a hall about this size and just preached the gospel for two years to a bunch of stubborn people. Well, that's even worse, right? Love to preach the gospel to nice, sweet people. A lot harder to preach the gospel to people who show up just to argue with you. And that's what Paul did. That's how he started the church. So man, how blessed are we that in two years, this is what's happened. Like this is what God is doing in two years. But guys, it doesn't always work that way. And sometimes when we start churches, we got to understand the reality, man. I'm just going to keep showing up and preach the gospel of Jesus until Jesus changes those stubborn hearts into soft hearts. Because the gospel is the power to do that. And so, let, so that, that should be very encouraging to us. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1, and how about we just read two verses today? Well, nobody's arguing, so I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm just going to read verses 1 and 2. Paul. All right, let's stop right there. <laughs> this, is, this is really important. Because if you're reading this letter and it says, Paul, if you're a church in Ephesus, you've heard about this guy. This guy, Paul, was famous. And not because his sermons were on the internet. He was famous because he murdered and persecuted Christians. And now, these people who are Christians are getting a letter from Paul. That's not a good day. Like that... That, that's not a letter you want to open. And that's, that's what it's like getting a, like if you go to your mailbox and you're like, Bill, Bill, politician, politician, Bill, politician, terrorist. Okay, that, that's what it's like. And so when you get a letter and you read that, that's what it's like. But listen to what happens next. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Man, this is amazing. So some people are like, how come Paul is so wordy? Why can't he just say, hey, what's up? This is Paul. Because they would like burn the letter and go into hiding for the rest of their lives. Oh gosh, he knows where I live. That, like that's what would happen. So instead he introduced himself. He says, yeah, I'm Paul. The guy who killed Christians. The guy who persecuted Jesus. The guy who hated Christianity. The guy who devoted his whole life into stopping the movement of God. Paul. But I'm writing to you today as an apostle of Christ Jesus. Not as a persecutor, but as an apostle. And that word apostle just means one who has been sent by God. A messenger, one who has been sent by God. But it was, very, it was also an office back then. And to be considered an apostle, you had to have witnessed the resurrected Jesus Christ. And Paul did. You can go back and read Acts chapter 9. I'm not going to read that for us today. But Paul did. And so he introduces himself and says, If the gospel can change me, the gospel can change you. Amen. And that's the introduction of Ephesians. That's how Paul says, this is what we're about to get started. Is that I am Paul, and now I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus. And then he says, by the will of God. 
Isn't that so good? Because Paul's not saying, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus because I did a bunch of research and I read a bunch of books and I googled it and I decided in my own intellectual ability that Jesus was true. That is not how he opens up the letter. He did not say, I'm Paul, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus because I had some really weird experiences and just figured, what the heck? He didn't say that. He doesn't say like, hey, I'm Paul, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus because I figured every single thing out and this was the only logical conclusion that I could come to. No, he says, hey, I'm Paul, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Because God found me. Because God chose me. Because God saw me in my darkest moment on the way to go kill Christians. God saw me, found me, knew me, and did not give up on me. Man, I'm so glad God did not give up on me. I'm so glad that God did not give up when I was sitting there going, yeah, God, I'll be a, a minister for you on the side, but I got plans for my life. And I'm so glad that God didn't say, okay, big boy, let's go do it. I'm so glad that instead he graciously knocked me on my tail to get my attention because he said, that is not my will for your life. I've got something better. And guys, that's the story of Ephesians. But that's not just Paul's story. That's the story of every person who follows Jesus. Is you are not a follower of Jesus just because you decided one day that that was good for you. Because if you decided to follow Jesus, then one day you'll decide not to follow Jesus. We are followers of Jesus because of God's grace. Because of His will in our lives. Because of His sovereignty over us. We get to follow Jesus. It is unmerited. It is undeserved. It is favor. It ain't fair. But it is so good. And guys, you, are, you can have that today. And so notice what he says, to the saints who are in Ephesus. Now I love this because I grew up about an hour from New Orleans and that used to mean a totally different thing to me. Because I'm like, I didn't know Paul was a football fan. <laughs> oh, when the saints go marching. I thought that was a football song. My shock when I found it in the Baptist hymnal. I had no idea it was a hymn. To the saints who, that word saint means someone who's been saved by God. That's what it means. So Paul says, yes, I'm an apostle of Christ. I've been chosen by the will of God, but I'm writing to a bunch of other people who've also been changed by Jesus. It ain't just me. Listen, Jesus don't just change the professionals. They usually take more work, but Jesus changes all hearts who will believe in Him and come to Him. So to the saints who are in Ephesus... And then he says, who are being faithful in Christ Jesus. That word faithful means trusted, trustworthy. They are, they are trusting in Jesus. That word faithful doesn't just, it's not just a spiritual word. It's not just, a, oh, they, they believed in Jesus. No, they trusted in Jesus. Paul says, man, to, you are trusting, in, like I see it, by the way you live, by the way you treat your money, by the way you treat your families, by the way you treat your singleness, by the way you treat your studies in school, I, I can see you really trust God. He's like, man, to you guys. And what does he say to them? 
Verse 2, grace to you. Grace to you. This ain't Paul just saying, hey y'all, what's up? It's me, Paul. This is Paul showing them, you are a people among God's grace. And what does that mean? What does that mean, grace to you? It literally means, man, God's, God's free gift to you. Like the grace that He shows. I, I like to look at it as the phrase, a second chance. But the trick about Jesus is that He doesn't give second chances. He gives second chances like on the daily. Like it's not just a one and done second chance. He is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. That's grace. It's grace to know, man, I followed Jesus the best I could and I still messed it up today. And then God comes and says, come here, knucklehead. Grace to you. And in that moment, sin is forgiven. Pasts are forgotten. Slates are wiped clean. Debts are paid for. And you get to start all over again. Grace to you. And that's only possible because Jesus paid it for you. He didn't just wipe it clean and like a computer system and say, do, 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 let me move this over here and do that and boom, clean, you're done. No, this actually was a costly payment. Jesus gave His life on the cross. Jesus paid your death. See guys, we all deserved separation from God. And Jesus said, man, I am here to bridge that separation so that no one ever has to know what life alone is like again. No one ever has to experience separation from God ever again. Because Jesus took all the anger, all the wrath, all the penalty, all the punishment that our sin deserved. Jesus took it on the cross. And Jesus died. And then, three days later, Jesus didn't die. Jesus rose from the dead. He physically rose from the dead. And guys, because of that, He was showing us that anyone who believes in Him, though your body may die, you will live forever. Your, your way to do that is to believe and trust in Jesus. And you go, Brandon, I don't know, man. You don't know what I've done. You don't know, you don't know my past. Man, you don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I was doing this morning, Brandon. You don't understand how hard my life is. You don't understand my struggles. You might say, Brandon, you don't understand like my doubts and my fears. Brandon, you don't understand how hurt I've been by church. And sometimes that line between church and God is really blurry. Brandon, you don't understand. And I want to say something to you, brother, sister, today. You are right. I don't, I may not understand. I may not understand where you've been. I may not understand what you've done. I may not understand what you've been through. But I know who He is. I know who Jesus is. And I know the death that He's died and the life that He's resurrected. And I know what He is powerful enough to do and capable enough to do for those who call upon His name. Grace to you. Grace. And then He says, peace. Grace to you and peace. Man, how many of you could use a little bit of peace in this place? I've heard it said that peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is the presence of Christ. 
And guys, when you have Christ, He may not remove the chaos, but He holds your hand and walks with you through the chaos. It's kind of like going through the chaos yourself. You feel blown and thrown away at every direction, but walking through the chaos with Jesus, you're holding His hand just looking around me like, you're going down, and you're going down, and you're going down. See guys, that's the peace that Jesus gives to us. This world, it can't give you peace. There ain't enough um, soft music, there ain't enough yoga, there ain't enough exercise, there ain't enough, like, there ain't, there ain't enough money in the world that's going to give your heart the peace that you really need. That is only found in a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus has given us that. And then he says, this grace and this peace is from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So where do we get it? Where, if you're looking for grace, if you're looking for peace today, where can you get that? You can get that from God who is our Father, who wants a relationship with you. He ain't looking for what you bring to the table. He's already set the table and has invited you to the dinner. God is our Father. And we get it from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God is our Father and Jesus is our Lord. But He ain't a Lord that's watching over you to, to strike you with a lightning bolt. Jesus is a good Lord. He is a faithful and trustworthy Lord who when He has control, works it out for your good. That's where we find grace and peace. I'm going to invite the worship team to go ahead and come on up. And I want to read one more passage for you. So don't put your stuff away yet. But I want to read this passage over you because I'm a big proponent of I need to see what the end looks like before I can understand the beginning. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I need a picture in my head. It's like some people, like my wife, can just dump a puzzle on the table and just put it together and go, oh, it's a happy little tree. Me, I got to have the box. I need to, like, Google it. I need to see, like, what are we shooting for at the end here? Like, what does the end look like? And, guys, it's really crazy because in Ephesus, for this book that we're going to read, God actually tells us the end. They're written about again in the book of Revelation. And I want you to read about what happened to this church 40 years later. 40 years after this book that we're going to study was written, we hear about it 40 years later in the book of Revelation. I want you to hear what Jesus says about the church at Ephesus. Revelation chapter 2 verse 1 says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Jesus says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. I know how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but you have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently, and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. Man, how many of you would like for Jesus to say that about Impact Church 40 years from now? Wouldn't that be great? He would just start naming names and go, man, you guys endured. You were patient. You were faithful. Things got hard and you never gave up. You kicked false teachers to the curb, and you loved people. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't we want that to be said of Impact Church? 40 years from now. 
Then he says in verse 4, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Guys, the truth is that this day is exciting. But if we don't love Jesus and depend on his love for us, this day, 40 years from now, will be a meaningless blip on the radar. And so today, what I'm asking for us is the way that we keep this church going for the next 40 years and not become just another dead and dying church in America, the way we keep this going is not by adding more programs. It's not by holding more events. It's not by, it's not by increasing our technology or adding more equipment. The way we keep this fire going and the way we keep this church headed in the right direction is by clinging to our love for Jesus. And when you feel like you can't cling anymore because you are so tired and so exhausted, then you look into the eyes of Jesus and see that He and His love is clinging on to you. Guys, the only way this thing keeps going and doesn't just shut down in a year, five years, or 40 years, is if the people who are here decide today that they will love Jesus with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love their neighbor as they love themselves. And if we lose that, we will lose the Spirit of God, and we will become an organization, a nonprofit, and a country club. But the way we maintain the Holy Spirit and be the church of Jesus is by clinging to our first love. So would you guys bow and pray with me today? And I'm just going to ask you, if you're here today and you lack grace and you lack peace, can I just ask you today, man, what's holding you back from following Jesus? And today, you've got an opportunity and a chance to give your life, to follow Jesus without having all the answers, but just believing and trusting in Him. And today, if you want to do that, I want to help you. There's nothing magical about this. It's not in the Bible, but if I were you and I wanted to choose to follow Jesus for the first time, I would pray something like this. So if you want to believe in Jesus and trust Him and give your life to follow Him for the first time today, then maybe you would pray something like this with me. Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. Please forgive me for my sin. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to forgive me and give me grace. And Jesus, I believe you've risen from the dead. And I am giving you my life for you to be my Lord and for me to follow you from this day forward the best I know how. 
in Jesus' name. You just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you just gave your life to follow Jesus today for the first time, then what I want you to do is I want you to find your blue response card, that tear off that maybe you were going to ignore and, and throw away today. And I want you to put your name and I want you to mark on the back, today I have decided to follow Jesus. And that will be my cue to, to buy you lunch, to get with you and help you take your next step. But maybe you're here today and you have a relationship with God, but you have lost your first love. You can't honestly say that Jesus has your whole heart. Today we get to repent of that. Repentance is a beautiful act the church should engage in every week. So today I'm going to encourage you, would you take whatever it is you love more than Jesus and give it back to God today? And pick up your cross and keep following Jesus because he loves you and he's with you. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.